be seated. And thank you for worshiping. Thank you for giving. Thank you for praying. And I want us to learn how to do all of that at home. I know it's not in our comfort zone to do that. We are apostolic, and part of what makes us apostolic is our fellowship from house to house, breaking bread and all of the above, and we love to eat, and we love to fellowship, and we love to hug necks and shake hands, and uh, we would love to do all of that, and I have had Today, my phone uh, was just inundated with wonderful pictures and texts and encouraging words from many of you and <clears throat> that were sending in um, <clears throat> some great uh, testimonies to what God has done and is doing and how he is moving in <clears throat> your homes and then just to see all the faces. I. I enjoy seeing all of the puppet faces, but it was great to see all of the groups of people's faces, and I appreciate that. My wife and I read through them all and, and uh, tried to respond to them all, and we've had some great miracles. I know I received a, a message tonight that I think the fielders uh, in, from Indiana are, are doing much better, have had a miracle, or home from the hospital, and they were hospitalized with some of this virus and others that have been, um, <coughs> had a miracle happen. And of course, yesterday I talked to Brother Tim Galoni, another great, great miracle that he had, and he's getting stronger. And I, I read this morning about how that Jesus uh, some of his first words after the resurrection, this being Easter Sunday morning, was, that he said to Mary, I go to my father and your father, my God and your God. And I know I've mentioned that before, but the fact that the Lord had tried to establish an open connection to God, uh, that's why Jesus came. That's why the Lord robed himself in flesh. And we know the Bible is very clear, and we can give you a Bible study, and I would be glad to do that. But, you know, that God was in the world reconciling the world unto himself. After the fall of Adam and Eve and the very fact that there was no access and God was in a box, in a tent, in the back room of a tent, and only once a year could one man who was perfect go in and feel the Shekinah and the anointing of God. And the whole plan of God was to somehow open that up to where there would be a kingdom that would have access by us. And then to see how that happened in the book of Acts and how that happened on the day of Pentecost. And they begin to speak in other tongues and how they were told to be baptized in the name that is above every name and in the name of Jesus. And this was uh, the, the message of the early church. And then finally in Acts 10 and 11, the Lord opens the door for uh, the first Gentiles, which most of us fall into that category. And then how that all of a sudden Christianity began to spread. And for the last 2,000 years, 
years, there's been this sense of who Jesus is and who he was and what, how he gave us access. We who were Gentiles, we who were dogs. I mentioned this morning the Samaritan woman or the Canaanite woman who met the Lord and asked for healing for her daughter. She was not supposed to be able to access the presence of the Lord, but because of her worship and because of her faith in God and her absolute refusal to be deterred, even though the Lord appeared to not be responding to her, and even though he basically seemed to call her a dog, she was in that moment, she kept pushing, I know, but Lord, the dogs get a crumb. And now we have access so freely to come boldly, the Bible says, into the very presence of Almighty God. What a privilege that is. And I know that, you know, as I read this morning, how, you know, that Jesus said, I, I know, you know, when he talked about prayer and he talked about praying and, and the Father which you knows what you have need of when you ask him in secret. And he, in, in one writer, Paul said, we cry, Abba, Father, or almost like Daddy, you know, that a very sense of endearment. What a privilege that is to recognize and know that we have access to the presence of the Lord. And that presence is is resurrection power. It's great enough, as I mentioned earlier, to break an addiction, whether it's to drugs, whether it's to alcohol, whether it's to pornography, whether it's to something in the flesh. I'm telling you, the spirit and the power of Almighty God is great enough to get an individual that's been dead three days and to help him rise from the dead. That power is great enough to break your habits break all of your addictions and to heal your body and to conquer every disease. You say, well, why do people die that still have it? And why do people struggle with tobacco or struggle with alcohol? Well, I, you know, it's our, in our human nature, but I'm here to tell you that, you know what, if you will just keep pressing your way into the presence of God and keep saying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, I need your deliverance, I need your presence, I need your power, the Lord has arrested us right now and has asked me to tell you, God is able to break every chain and every addiction. He knows what you have need of before you ask, and yet he wants you to pray. Our Father, oh, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will. That's an important part of the prayer, and I mentioned it this morning as I read this last slide. I know that God hears me, and I know that God hears us when we pray, and when we pray in secret, and yet, unfortunately, I would say most of Christianity... We do most of our praying. We've been guilty of doing most of our praying when we're in church, if we do it then. We might do most of our worshiping in church. <laughs> I hope we do it then. You know, unless it's a real crisis or unless it's a short prayer before I, you know, eat my supper and know the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, one eats the fastest, gets the most, whatever it might be, that I say, you know, Lord, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. 
and we go through that. I don't know. But, oh, God said, I want you to learn how to pray. And how do you pray? He gave them a model prayer. Hallowed be thy name, holy. That's a worship. And then he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Before we start praying for our stuff, Lord, pray that we get into your will. Pray that we align ourselves with your program. Well, but Lord, I need you to help me on my job. I need you to give me a this. I need you to give me, a, but wait a minute. My first part of my prayer ought to be, God, I want your will to be done. I want your will to be done in my life. I want your kingdom to come. Oh, but Lord, I've kind of got a great idea. What I need to do is I need to work here and do this and have this and marry this and do that and have this and then I want you to help me do all of that, Lord. But wait a minute. If it's not in his kingdom plan and if it's not in his will, I need to first align myself to Lord I need to worship you number one holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done before I get into the give us forgive us deliver us I can tell you if the Lord is getting you lined up with his will he's going to want to deliver you he's going to want to give you he's going to want to forgive you and I know we've read and I've seen the marquees and I've heard it quoted so many times in the last few days, Second Chronicles 7.14, and I mentioned this the other night. You know, if my people which are called by my name, I, I said it tonight, and I believe it. It's a, a verse that I've been hearing pounded over and over and over, over the last few days from the president to you name it, whoever's been praying and talking about will humble themselves, seek my face, will pray. Humble them, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. And I read the other night the 13th verse, which is powerful because it was talking about some of the things that we have. If I shut up the heaven that there's no rain or I command the locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people. And I, I can tell you, when you look at what America and the world has suffered through with drug overdose and deaths and alcohol-related kinds of situations and deaths and, and then uh, not to mention abortions and these and this and that and over and over and over and, and now COVID-19 and it's like all of a sudden the world is arrested and we have the attention of the Lord <coughs> has all of a sudden said now I got your attention. Will you humble yourself and pray? Will you ask God to help? And I've heard more prayer from more people, even our leaders and more folks, and thanking us for praying and thanking for all the prayers, and even Hollywood. And all of a sudden now I'm thanking the Lord. I just need you to pray. And more and more messages through Facebook and pray for this one and pray for that one. And we're not embarrassed to ask anymore about prayer. If you read on in Corinthians and Chronicles, rather, when you talk about 
Chronicles, the 13th verse and the 14th verse, but the 15th verse says, mine eyes shall be open. These were the, this was the prayer. These were the words that the Lord responded to Solomon whenever he was dedicating the temple, the temple in Jerusalem. Mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Speaking of Jerusalem and the temple. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be here there forever and mine eyes and my heart, notice that, shall be there perpetually. These were the words that the Lord spoke to Solomon when he dedicated a building to the Lord. And oh, 2020, your building, your house, if you will dedicate it to God from this night forward, if you've never repented of your sins, if you've never asked the Lord to forgive you, if you have never yet really committed your life to him, if you will say, I want you to take my building, I want you, I'm dedicating myself, Lord, I want you more than ever before to use me, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in my life, in my heart, in my, I don't know how many more years we're going to be here. I don't know how many more years I will be here. But Lord, take my life, take my hands, take myself, Lord. I want to dedicate it to you. The Lord said, this house that you're dedicating to me, anybody that, I will listen to the prayer in this place. I will hear the prayer. And I started off by showing you in 1 Corinthians, the Bible says, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit of the Lord. That's why in Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, remember this is the church that had the letter written to it about communion. This is the church that was all divided. This is the church that had all kind of problems. And yet Paul said, I want you to understand, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. I don't care how much you don't like me or you don't like like the one sitting next to you. This is what we are part of the body of Christ. What a privilege. He goes on down in this, in this chapter of the sixth chapter and he says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which belong to God. There it is. That's what I'm supposed to do. It's to glorify the Lord in my body and in my spirit. You say, well, my spirit's overwhelmed right now, Pastor. And I don't feel much like praising him and I feel caught up and I feel like I'm trapped and I feel I'm here to tell you it's up to us now. The spotlight's on us now. We that are called by his name. How am I going to respond to this? What am I going to, am I going to keep allowing the flesh and the lust and the problems and the spirits and the depression and the anger and the frustration and all those things to eat at me? Or am I going to say, Lord, now is the time for me to say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, before I say anything, Lord, about give me anything, I want to say, Lord, I want your kingdom and your purpose and your glory to be manifest in my life. And that's what this Easter message is all about. I know I, I, I put one more slide in here because I was talking to my mother last night and she said, you know, I heard many years ago <clears throat> that when you fold the napkin, you, you leave and the meal is over and the servers can come in and clean up the table. And I was like, I don't know that I've ever heard that. You know, I guess that's the way it is in etiquette. And she said, and so, you know, they, they saw that the napkin was folded whenever they went in. And I thought, well, I want to read that. And so I, I read it a little more closely in John, the 20th chapter in the 6th to the 8th verse, whenever John was talking about this uh, in writing in his book. And he said, Simon, <coughs> after uh, Simon went in, came to the sepulcher and saw the fine linen clothes and the napkin that was about his head and lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together. That phrase, wrapped together, in, in the place by itself. And the other disciple, which came first into the sepulcher, he saw and believed. <clears throat> and John was saying that, that he used a Greek word there, called intelusio, intelusio. And I'm not a Greek scholar, but what it means, it's only used three times in the Bible. And it means folded and, and arranged in such a way that would be signifying of it had been folded only once. And what John saw when he came to that tomb and he looked in, it was as if the grave clothes and the napkins had been undisturbed. And the Bible says he wrote that that one little thing that he saw made him a believer because he said the body has disappeared. He remembered what it was when Lazarus came from the grave and they had to unwrap him and he knew this had to be a miracle because there was no way to get all these grave clothes off. They had a process where they wrapped and tied and brought rags and they brought them and they folded them and they put spices and they put all of that and it was all laid there just like it had a body in it, but it was flat. This is why this eyewitness account is so powerful. We believe in the resurrection because without this resurrection, where would be the hope for us? What are you saying? I'm here to tell you that the Lord can step into whatever your problem is and make it disappear in just a moment. You say, oh, I, I, I'm going to struggle with this addiction for my life and the rest of my, you know what? If you really get a hold of the Lord, he is able to simply let you step out of that grave into his marvelous life. That's what they were singing about tonight. When I, he called my name, they said, I stepped out of my grave. I didn't have to be, you know, and I understand we, 
we will help you. We have an ACTS program that usually meets its meeting by Zoom now. And we'll help you with your addictions and we'll do all that we can. But I'm here to tell you the power of God that I serve is able to just walk right out of the grave clothes. Oh, without the smell of smoke, without the smell of death, without the smell of anything. And I believe that as we near the coming of the Lord, that's what we're going to see more and more of people emailing in and saying, you know what, I was addicted to this. I had this problem. I had that problem for years and years and years. And all of a sudden, the power of God just came through. And when he called my name, I stepped out. Will you close your eyes? Will you stand with me? They're going to sing. We're going to worship. But if you've never repented of your sins, you've never asked for forgiveness, you've never been buried in Jesus' name, call us. <clears throat> or we'll show you how to baptize you if you're afraid to come to here. I'll, I'll walk you through baptism in your bathtub at home. I, we'll get you baptized some way. But I'm here to tell you the power of the Holy Ghost is able to help you just like that. And when John looked, walked into the tomb, he looked and he goes, I know they didn't steal him. I know this was supernatural. And he wrote it down. When he saw the napkin, how it was wrapped and folded, he said, I know there's something supernatural that has happened. Will you bow your heads? Lord, I love you. I thank you for your many blessings. I thank you for your spirit. I pray that you will begin to meet needs, touch hearts, in the name that's above every name. The room grew still.